Leader Talks NI. Insights from Northern Ireland business leaders. Brought to you by Corvus People. There's been a lot of data in the public transport industry for, for a long time, um, but no one's really done anything with it. We're using public transport technology to drive the world to a more sustainable place. As soon as you start restricting people in what they can do within an organisation, maybe you just limit the growth and the, and the productivity of an organisation. You do that well, remove the noise from the organisation, the communication can be really clear and concise. Doing business on scale media. There's a lot of different things you can do with this in the Middle East. It's the same thing that we do in organisations like that. You need to understand what makes them tick. And the most important lesson I learned from that was to have the confidence to turn down business if, if needed. Hello, my name is Michelle Cairns, and as part of our leadership podcast, um, I'm here today with John Salmon, who's the executive director of Snapper Services. So, John, introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about you. Okay, yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Um, my name's John Salmon. So um, I went to university uh, a long time ago and started work as a software developer in the finance industry as London following that, and then moved into a technical project management role based in the UK. But then that led to an opportunity to work abroad in various countries. And at that point, I found myself leading teams across different time zones, cultures, skills, capabilities, etc. And then following that, I continued in international management roles, all within the public transport tech, which is where I sit now, um, which was a great experience in dealing with people across different cultures and uh, enabling those different challenges. And then 10 years ago, I met a company called Snapper, whilst working on a project in New Zealand and kept in touch with them through the industry. And then two and a half years ago, an opportunity came up to lead their growth business on this side of the world. So I'm an executive director. So that role consists of obviously the, the governance elements that come along with being a director. I also head up the sales function for all our global sales activities. Um, that's mainly revolved around driving our, our growth activities around our new product, which is the Mosaic platform. Um, from a personal perspective, I um, born in Wales. Uh, managed to end up in Northern Ireland by managing, by managing. If I marry my wife is uh, from Northern Ireland, uh, working for a company from New Zealand. Yeah, I've got a bit of experience in uh, plenty of different cultures over the years. And what does the Mosaic platform do? So the Mosaic platform is a transport intelligence suite. So essentially it um, provides intelligence over the top of a public transport network. So it's a, it's a SaaS offering. So it's um, that's the model we're, we're working with. So it's a SaaS model. Um, so it's been designed that we can easily onboard customers. We can easily um, go into different geographical regions without much friction. Um, and that's really set us up nicely for, for going for our, um, you know, our maximum market reach. And I know that climate net zero is something that's important to you. And obviously, how does this help your clients with regard to that? Yeah, it's really important to us. And um, you know, driving towards a more sustainable world is something that we're really really key on. Um, the way in practical terms our product helps, so there's been a lot of data in the public transport industry for, for a long time, um, but no one's really done anything with it. What our platform allows our end users to do is to pull all that data into one platform, surface that data in a usable format and surface actionable insights so they can actually make some key decisions off the back of it. In doing that, that has a positive impact on the way the public transport network is designed and operates, 
And the end goal of that is um, for the traveling public, it makes it a far more appealing proposition to travel on public transport and in turn gets some people out of cars and onto public transport, which drives more sustainability. Um, why did you join Snapper? So I joined Snapper. So 10 years ago, I met Snapper when I was working on a project in New Zealand um, and met the CEO and a number of different employees within that organisation at that point. Over the last 10 years in the, um, in the public transport industry, I've worked with Snapper on a number of different projects. And I just love the culture of the, the, the organisation. It's very diverse and very appreciative of, of all their employees and we look after the employees. So that resonated with me um, and the ethos of Snapper as well, driving, using public transport technology to drive the world to a more sustainable place, I think is, is key to me as well. Um, so that led on to um, a conversation about two and a half, no, maybe more than about four years ago where Snapper, um, based in New Zealand, has some growth products which they want to start to push into the Northern Hemisphere. I saw that as a great fit. Um, so a combination of that along with Snapper's vision and my perception of Snapper, yeah, it just, just worked really well. It's a great fit. You guys have grown pretty substantially in the last three to five years. What does that look like? So historically, the team was all based out of New Zealand um, and we are... Over the last couple of years, we've been building out the team over this part of the world, so uh, in the UK. Um, so at the moment, we've got five staff in the UK, and we're looking to double that within the next 12 months. We're also looking at staff in the US and building up a team to support activities in Europe. All of that comes uh, alongside the, the demand for the, the product in a particular market. So we're quite flexible in where we, we build that team. Um, but it's been, it's, it's quite a shift from having a team in one country to moving a team to different parts of the world because obviously what you get is there's the cultural challenges, the challenges with the time zone and um, yeah, and everything that, all the challenges that come with that. But it's a pretty exciting time. So looking towards the future, what do you see as the biggest opportunities, challenges in leadership, let's say, for both you personally and Snapper Services as a whole? Yeah, for me, it's uh, an opportunity to play a part in uh, growing the Snapper business globally. And with that comes the challenges, obviously. Um, you know, customer budgets being cut, more competition, costs increasing. And for Snapper, the opportunity is huge. We've built a platform that really ticks the box and solves problems for transport companies globally. Uh, the challenge, of course, with that is establishing our most efficient, effective route to market to hit our growth aspirations. And in line with that, you know, obviously building a team to align with that. We need good people. We need good people to match our aspirations and to achieve our growth goals. And I suppose I'm going to ask about you first. So what drives you as a leader? What drives me? Good question. So yeah, I've always been very ambitious, very hardworking. Um, and what I do like is I'm a strong believer in hard work paying off. Um, and from a leadership perspective, I think getting a team ticking over, um, all aiming towards achieving that end goal, is really rewarding for me, and we're seeing that at the moment. Um, building a product isn't easy, um, but working in a leadership team which oversees that and bring it to life and seeing it have a positive impact on the customers is really, really uh, rewarding. That's why I like it, and I want to do a bit more of it. What culture do you embed within the teams that you lead? Um, so it's a culture of trust um, and a culture of encouraging people to use the skills that they've got and enable them to flourish. I think as soon as you start 
restricting people in what they can do within an organization. Um, it really does limit the, the growth and the, and the productivity of an organization. So really encourage people to speak up, really start to listen to each other, respect each other. And I think a combination of all of that just makes for a successful team. And how do you do that in an organization? As you say, New Zealand, Australia, America, Europe, how do you do that in a very <laughs> distributed team? Yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's one of the big challenges with uh, an organization that's spread out across the globe. And the, the main thing is regular and clear communication. Um, that's key. Um, and it's also important not, not just to broadcast the message. Um, it's important to listen to people's challenges and look to overcome them collectively. And, and one, one thing is also important to celebrate the wins along the way. Um, so it makes the, the downsides easier to deal with because there's, there's obviously a bit of both when you're running the business. But the, the communication is is key, and you, know, you put um, platforms in place, leverage technology, etc. Um, I think if you do that well, remove the noise from an organisation. The communication becomes really clear and concise, and just enables people to understand their roles and what part they're playing in the success of the business. So, as a leader, how do you stay connected with those people on a personal level? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I think it's it's really important to me this one. Um, and I do believe that being a good people person is critical to being a good leader. I think they go hand in hand. Um, you need to know what makes people tick. And I feel that just by understanding this on a personal level helps everyone operate at optimum levels in their in their working day. And but more important than that, it's just as important to check in with the team on a personal level as it is on a professional level. You know, everyone's lives are busy. There's a lot going on, and yeah, um, and work is a big part of your life. I think making sure you understand. Um, the personal commitments of people and how they're feeling is uh, is really critical. And how do you make them feel part of a team? So many time zones, so many different cultures. Yeah, I think that again, that's a that's a challenge. Maintaining the culture across the global business is very very um, challenging. And there's a number of different ways, you know, from a professional and a personal um, piece of work that you can do. So using technology, so having Shared a shared platform where everyone can communicate and share experiences on is key. Um, understanding different cultures is key in an organisation. Um, by doing that, you know you need to be respectful of people's cultures, and you know giving people visibility of the, the challenges you get when you're dealing with companies um, globally is pretty key. So you know you're doing business in Scandinavia. There's a lot different than doing business in the Middle East. It's the same if you've got people in your organisation like that. You need to understand what makes them tick. Once you do understand that, then yeah, it's puts you in a better place. So, John, can you share some examples of successful initiatives or projects where leadership played a really critical role in bridging geographical and cultural gaps within the team? Yeah, sure. And this is a quite a critical part of building a, a global organisation. Um, and over the years, yeah, I've worked with teams in in various locations, and so there's been many different initiatives. Tends to be a mixture of social and professional activities. And team building days are there at the normal one, but social groups on platforms tend to be quite valuable. Um, it's important to celebrate, you know, various cultural days in the calendar so everyone gets an insight into, into different cultures. This is sort of a really important way of improving and maintaining a healthy and inclusive culture in the company, and it's something that Snapper does really well, and it's key to our success as a global company. 
So John, can you share a pivotal moment or decision in your leadership journey that significantly influenced your approach to leadership? Yeah, I can, yeah. So, so I've been involved um, and the lead on a few high-profile projects in the transport tech space over the last few years. Um, and there's been a number of occasions where we continued with doing business, even though it wasn't a good fit for a number of reasons. And this has sort of influenced my leadership style at the moment, uh, because the clear lesson from that was to be clear up front on what works um, and is a good fit for your business. And the most important lesson I learned from that was to have the confidence to turn down business if, if needed. Um, and by putting that into my sort of leadership skill set, um, it enables um, companies and ourselves included to operate more leanly and actually remove the noise from the organisations. So, yeah, it's a key lesson I learned over the years. John, what leadership experiences or mentors have made the biggest and most significant impact on your career development to date? Yes, yeah, another good question. Um, and I've met many people over the years in a personal and professional capacity, and all of which have influenced my thinking, the way I sort of act in my career and my leadership um, skills. So one of them, like a personal contact I made in South Africa many years ago, um, gave me some really valuable advice around people and that people always act like they do for a reason. I just find this is really valuable when leading and managing teams, um, and it's, it's important to understand the drivers behind individual behaviours, which can influence performance. I think once you get that nailed and understanding people, it makes everything else fall underneath it. Um, being a good listener is key. Um, being appreciative of all the skill sets and experiences of your team and encouraging them to flourish all makes for a successful team. All of this seems like common sense, but it's, it's really sort of key to pick up these points. Um, Leading by example is an obvious one, something that I've really noticed with our CEO at Snapper. It's a great quality that's often overlooked and something that I've had to adopt as part of my day-to-day -day role. Working with someone like this had a really positive impact on my career development and um, yeah, I really do push these skills onto my um, the people in the organisation, so I think they learn from my experiences. And what is the, what is the one difficulty that you just weren't expecting that's, that you find trying to bring that together? into one culture and one goal? Um, well, it's still, still in practice at the moment and it, it is challenging. I think it, it just comes from, you know, you can put a culture in an organisation, but trying to maintain that culture as you spread across geographical areas is is challenging. And, and just purely because of different mindsets, different challenges within the region, different people skills, the way people operate and different values they have, etc. So. It's just acknowledging that wider piece. I think before you do it, you really need to understand the culture before you do business in a place, one, but before you set a team within a place as well. Um, and then when you've got that team there, you need to be mindful of, of the location they're in. Um, what makes them tip is key, because obviously at the end of the day, we're trying to run an effective business. Um, so it's really getting that broader understanding of the, of the region um, and the people within that region. And what do you struggle with with all of them? You know, on a personal level, how do you ensure that you don't get burnout? That's a lot of time zone to cover for for you personally. So how do you how do you do that? Yeah, I think um, if I sort of work it backwards from with the teams in, uh, that we work with, we always encourage them to manage their time effectively. You know, being that employee is of little value to a company. The most value you get out of an employee is if they're at optimum levels and performing at optimum levels. And by that, they need to manage their time efficiently, which is often difficult. You can easily slip into a way of operating that 
a 20 hour day going across time zones, especially with modern technology. Um, so from a leadership perspective, that's what we push down to our teams. You know, we make sure that they are managing their time. And from me, from a personal perspective, you, you have to be disciplined about it. You know, you have to um, recognize that you're only human. You can't do that many hours um, and sustain it, which is key, obviously. Um, so yeah, it's all about it's all about discipline, and you know, everyone understands that you're in a different time zone and you need to just act appropriately because um, from a leadership perspective if you're not performing at that level 100 percent most times then it'll impact the business if you were going to give somebody advice practical advice in terms of of setting up teams globally and, and bringing that together what would that advice be i think before you start to build out a team you need to have your you know, some clear objectives for the organization so everyone needs to feed into those objectives and drive towards the same objectives and goals and I think then you work out uh, from that point, you know, where do we need to play? What markets do we need to play in order to get our objectives? And then you build a team accordingly. Um, and I think the team itself needs to be obviously a talented team, that's a given. But I think having a team which contributes to being part of a larger organisation going for those joint goals is really key. And I think when you're building teams in those regions, people with... Um, the ability to to network, the ability to be key team players, and the ability to feed into that wider strategy is really really important. For instance, you know, we we don't necessarily look for people from the industry, but we look for people we know who can um, sort of understand the strategy, understand some goals, and drive towards that. And what do you do for fun beyond what the day to day? What is fun for John Salmon? What is fun? Um, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. I spend a lot of time with the family because uh, that's pretty key for me. I'm, I'm doing a lot of travel at the moment, so when I'm back, I'm trying to spend as much time as I can with the family, which is um, they're at a good age, my my children, so it's a good time to spend time with them. Um, try and keep fit as much as possible. Um, not quite as much as I used to, but, but uh, yeah. Uh, so it's a combination of keeping fit. Um, and it's social activities and sounds very exciting all the usual stuff. Thank you for listening to Leader Talks NI. Don't forget to subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes. Corvus People. Recruit, develop, retain.